Welcome to When Mint by Those AMAs, your one-stop shop for all things NFT. When Mint Podcast is produced by Those AMAs. All information gathered and disseminated by this podcast is for research and entertainment purposes only. Those AMAs, its employees, and affiliates are not financial advisors. Please, always do your own research and invest at your own risk. A full disclaimer can be found in the show notes. Welcome back to another episode of One Mint by Those AMAs. I'm your host, The Machinist, and today I'm joined by my favorite co-host, the founder of Those AMAs, and my partner here at One Mint World, Louis himself. And today, Louis and I have a very special guest, someone who has done an inconceivable amount of good in the Web3 space. We are talking to Hashlips himself. Not only are we going to go over some of his history, right, and the art engine and his educational YouTube videos, but we're also going to talk about Sketchy Labs, right, the Sketchy 8 Book Club, open source code in general, Eden Lands, the importance of community, and believe it or not, uh, mukbang. So it was actually a lot of fun recording this interview, and I hope you have as much fun tuning in. Now, don't forget to stick around until the end of the episode to find out what we're doing for today's every episode NFT giveaway. And once you're done entering that giveaway, right, which is super easy to do, by the way, head on over to whenmint.app. And if you love everything that Hashlips had to say today, we'll get in there and give his multiple projects five stars, right? Bump up his trust score because that's what it's all about is getting out there and supporting projects, project founders, and content creators that you love, right? It's the name of the game. But with that, that's enough out of me. So without further ado, our interview with Hashlips. Enjoy. Yeah, man, I'm I'm glad to be here for another round, another co-host on the show, and I'm super excited to uh, talk with uh, Hashlips. I'm, I'm glad that you're here with us. Louis, uh, Ken, it's such a pleasure being here. Thank you so much for having me on the on the podcast. Of course. No, this is going to yeah. be a ton of fun. I can't wait till everyone finds it. Right. When people hear Hashlips, right, obviously they think of your art engine, but there is so much more, right? And I cannot yeah. wait to dig into all of it. But first, for people out there that may not know uh, who you are or don't know some of your backstory, right? If you could, please tell us who you are, where you came from, what got you into crypto, and then eventually nfts the web3 space and the hash lips art engine yeah of course ken thank you so much um you know i think when people hear hash lips, they there's something else they think about which is totally not true but uh, hash really refers to the coding aspect of what i do uh, but basically just a little bit of a backstory on me you know i come from south africa and i have always loved and a big passion of mine was artworks and since i was young you know, I always grew up telling my parents that this is what I want to become. And eventually I did. You know, I did become an artist after studying visual communication. I uh, did the rough thing of being an artist. It's very tough. It's very tough to be an artist. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, I just decided that reality hit. So I had to get a job again. And uh, luckily I studied visual communication and graphic design and those things. For me to enter the software development space, I started off with game design and then later moved into a corporate world where I was doing front-end development. And, uh, you know, I had to leave the art passion, um, but uh, that, that was okay. You know, it was early 2021, really, when I then entered into the NFT space fully. Uh, I knew about NFTs way back when it was 2017, but really 2021 uh, was the light bulb moment for me i would say because that's when i realized that hey i could use art and i could use software and i can make an nft so this was fabulous and i actually did make a few projects back then but i quickly realized that education had a big gap in this space there was no education right um, it was really hard for people to get involved and i just felt the need to fill that gap so i started a youtube channel i created i took my code made it open source 
and you know slowly step by step taught people how to create the nfts you know basically providing paint brushes for people to paint so to speak and that's how i started uh, in this you know in this space and it's been a year now uh, last year november we started our sketchy labs brand as our official nft but it's just been fun absolutely and what you're talking about with uh, education, right? It's super important in this space, that ripple that made this wave where education is so important and making this available uh, to the general public, right? And teaching people how to work and live and thrive in the Web3 space. Personally, I think it may have started with the Hashlips art engine, right? And we're not yeah, talking, man. when you spun up these YouTube channels and everything, you weren't charging people, right? This is totally open source, right? It really was just to better the space. There was nothing else out during that time, you know, and, and I, I was there trying to learn, trying to find, and the only thing uh, that was out was Hashlips' YouTube videos. I watched all of them, every single one of them. You know, when it comes to open source code, and by, by the way, you know, for me, it wasn't initially to enter the space, you know, for making money with the educational stuff. And I have to be honest, everyone enters the space thinking they're going to make it big, launching NFTs left, right and center and hoping that they make the millions, right? Of course, I had that kind of ambition and dream because I'm an artist and I want to make it big. But when I realized that it was very tough to make it out there, I decided instead of me keep on pursuing this thing, I would then teach other people to do that. And uh, for me, it was just, you know, there was no point in me selling the content because I felt that would, it should be open, right? Um, and the, the main reason for me doing this is because I enjoy when people put out valuable content, free and open, for us to learn, enjoy, whatever it might be, uh, but they get to be involved in, in a community. So I made a pledge, you know, and I said, I'm always going to make free education, and that's what I keep on doing. And, uh, you know, it started small. And a part of the reason for the open source code and making it free is because the program wasn't refined at all. Uh, you have to remember back then, I specifically catered for myself, you know, just getting the layers on top of each other. So it was a very rough program. And it only really, you know, evolved over the year where people added features and asked me to add maybe GIFs and all these kind of extra add-ons. And uh, now it's a, you know, a proper little little plugin or a product or so it totally is and just to like jump back really quick truly the the best form of marketing is to help people i think that was a great uh idea and that's what it should be to help and educate right super cool that that's the way you went when so many people went the other direction you know when they hit that fork in the road let's teach people for free base i, I respect that so much and, and it means so much in many ways, the educational part, as you say, it, it's great for getting the word out there about this education that's out there and so on. But it's so much more rewarding in so many ways. And I can maybe give an example, you know, of a few incidents that happened where people came on stage and they said, thank you so much for the education. They were able to use this to provide for their family in a, a certain way. And, you know, this happened more and more. And to me, that was just wonderful. And I absolutely agree, Louis. I think the more people that's willing to share in this space will just help the space grow quicker, faster, bigger than it ever was before, right? And that's essentially what we need to do. We need to work together as a community, elevating us all. Because at the end of the day, we want to be in this space. We love the Web3 space. Right. This is our home. Yeah, yeah, this is our home, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. By giving artists this tool and saying, hey, you know, use this totally for free, right? I built it for you guys, right? Then they can get out there and start selling their art uh, in the Web3 space. And you're changing lives, like you said. Awesome. So it's super, super cool, man. What type of art did you study? Yeah, that's a fantastic question, uh, Louis. So I started off with um, silkscreen uh, art, you know, artworks and stuff. So I got myself a silkscreen press and uh, that I was a silkscreen uh, artist, you know, by trade back then. And that's really where I started off. So very min minimalistic shapes, um, you know, color by color, aligning all the pages. And, and it was really fun. And for, for those individuals who don't know, silkscreen is basically where you, you print, uh, you know, layer by layer, uh, a color by color, almost what you would do on T-shirts when you see those presses. That's exactly what it is on um, 
you know, canvas or paper as well. And that's where I started. I moved over into more digital stuff as well, seeing that I had to travel away from my studio most of the time. So I moved in more into digital artworks and, but very abstract, uh, surrealist artworks, uh, not, not so much realistic stuff. Very, very cool. And I'd like to just remind everyone that while we're talking here, right, all of the official links for Hashlips can be found in the show notes. Just wanted to toss that in there, guys, so everybody knows where they can find all of this awesome information. Really, you know what's awesome is uh, is how he studied uh, silkscreen, right, with the layers, and then that took him into uh, uh, crypto and building the tool for people uh, showing them how to uh, lay the layers, you know, it, it's one of the same. It's really cool that transition that you made. You just really found a better way that you liked it because it also put in the artist style uh, with the the development in the computer aspect with your artistic layering of uh, the silkscreen. Uh, pretty pretty awesome to see that transition. I did not I did not think about it like that, Louis. I didn't think about it at all. And you know, now that you've mentioned it. That's something I'm going to mention in spaces. It's the coolest thing ever if you talk about the layers of the paint. And actually, that's how the art engine works exactly, right? Um, so that's fantastic. We had like a huge hack the other day in Discord. Oh, oh man, it was, it was terrible. What happened? So just on Discord, like I mean, and this is maybe part of the podcast as well. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but um, it's extremely important to be to be safe, right, in this space. And the the thing is, education goes both ways. It just doesn't stop at how to make an nft there's education in the space about you know how to work with metamask how to set up you know your extensions and so on but also be very safe in the space because there's hackers always watching your wallet so um yeah i mean our discord um you know takes those safety measurements in you know into consideration but you do get some moderators and web hooks get um you know get most most likely compromised so if there's any discords out there that's using webhooks and you have uh, people using them with admin roles i would suggest taking them off uh, taking the webhook off because it is a vulnerability yeah so for everyone listening if you have a discord and you're using webhooks listen to the man please get those out of there if they have administrative rights within uh your discord thank you uh for that little bit of alpha right man look at this educating right on the show right you could tell that this is what Hashlips lives for right it is the most important aspect across the board and that's because we want this to succeed uh you know this is in nfts and crypto and we need to educate these people coming in because it is the wild wild west and it's easy to fall into a trap if you don't know how to navigate the waters and uh, so, you know, it's it's super important with continued education on every front to uh, make people more comfortable with what's going on here. Because in the beginning, it's uh, it's kind of scary. You know, I remember coming in, I, I was like, well, this seems sketchy. You know, I mean, that was like my first thought, right? you know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> because it was, in a sense, a little bit, right? Because there are a lot of shady characters out there. But right through uh, this education, right, and everything else, we're cleaning up the space, right? right? And Hashlips took a huge step towards that way early on. And he kind of, I, I feel at least, kind of set the tone for what Web3 is supposed to be, yeah. right? We can do so much more by sharing with each other and by working together than we ever could doing it by ourselves, right? And I think that goes for anything, right? But definitely 100% in the Web3 space, right? That's the mindset we need to have if we want this space to become the amazing thing that we know uh, it can be, right? You're right. He yeah. was the first one, for sure. I would like to ask you, Hashlips, if I could, because it seems like, right, like Louis brought up before, which was an awesome thing to point out, that in the beginning, right, you were an artist, Okay, that had to go to college, right, in order to pursue uh, your dream of being an artist. So you almost had to step away from the art, right, to be able to come back to it. Uh, so what got you into art in the first place, really? I know there was a, a trip to Spain uh, that, that got your engines turning. Yeah, I mean, obviously the trip to Spain was kind of the, the tip of the iceberg for me, the breaking point of saying this is it. But, um, you know, my whole life, when I say my whole life, my grandmother was a very successful artist herself, a visual painting artist. She used to do wildlife paintings, seeing that we in South Africa, so a lot of people commissioned her to do elephants, lions, and so on. That's not my cup of tea. 
Um, I'm all for the abstract art and, and you know, more modern, modernist uh, feel. But I grew up in a house where there was the walls, there, were, was, there wasn't even any room for paint, right? It was just purely artworks and frames. And that was, that's, that was it, right? My dad, uh, when I was growing up, he's a jeweler. So um, he was making jewelry with his hands. He had his own workshop and I would sit there with him and I would see all these pieces being made. And I just kept on thinking as I was growing up, I mean, man, how wonderful is it being able to create something that's new in this world? And that was what, what got me. So when we went to Spain, the Spain trip was just a holiday uh, trip, a family holiday trip where we all went and we explored. And, you know, my dad and myself, the uh, my mom and sister, they would go off shopping and it would be my dad and myself ending up in Picasso's museum, looking at Dali's exhibitions and all these magnificent pieces. And that's, that's just where I truly found out that, you know, in South Africa here, we don't have the biggest, best culture re revolving arts and culture. There is, but it's not the best. And, um, you know, when you travel, you kind of find out that there's significant meaning behind culture and art in, in various countries in different forms and ways, right? But you just, you fall in love with it. And that's why I decided to finally become an artist back then. Thank goodness for that trip and all the walls covered in frames, right? In your childhood home. Because speaking of art, let's talk about your NFT projects, huh? What do you say? Yeah. What do you got for us, my friend? So sketchyapebookclub.com. And there's also the main site, which is sketchylabs.io. Um, and, you know, Sketchy Labs is, is really a brand that we formed, as I said, you know, for a whole year. I was sitting back you know, just making educational content, and I still do. But there was a time where I felt like it's time to put my own artworks as NFTs out there. And the very first project we did was called the Sketchy Ape Book Club NFT. Um, of course, it's a ape, beautiful ape NFT derivative, uh, so to speak. A lot of people love calling these derivatives, right? Um, but it's truly a unique project. And why I say that is I drew each layer by hand, um, sketched them out by hand, then scanned it in, and then use the very Hashtabs art engine, which by now has helped over 10,000 people create their NFTs to create my NFT collection uh, of, of these apes. And um, yeah, it's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, community of artists and coders coming together, having fun, and we really support each other. So um, that's just what the project's about. And uh, currently we've minted out, it, was, it went very well, and now people can get them on OpenSea. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the art here. I don't have you. You got this pulled up, Louis. Some of these things are awesome. I love the skin with the text that looks like a, a page out of a book, right? If anyone wants to take a look uh, at the Sketchy Eight Book Club or anything else we're talking about today, don't forget to shoot down to the show notes. All of the official links are there. So I'm looking at your roadmap here, right, for uh, the Sketchy 8 Book Club. And we're on the part of the roadmap that is post-mint. Create the biggest creative NFT community in the world. The premier place for artists, writers, musicians, and creators. So how's it going? How's all of this, this building going with the Sketchy 8 Book Club? Oh, it's fantastic. And, and you know what? It actually is turning out bigger than we expecting. So... It's not only me in this uh, project, it's also my friend called Dushko and Santosh. I met them along the way. And uh, we just, our team, you know, up there trying to build this whole ecosystem with, with all the creative people. And I can say this, that, you know, as any NFT project will experience, you have your difficulties of, you know, execution sometimes with a lot of stuff. For instance, one of our book, uh, one of our items uh, on the roadmap was writing a book with two thousand people because there's two thousand owners. So that was the hardest thing we've attempted in my life, trying to have two thousand people write one book. Right, that was that yeah. was really hard. But yeah, we're still writing the book. That's a lot. So we're still writing well, the book. And so, that, that was so what one. was the uh, what was the what was the if you could name one part like what was the and I think the word probably is frustrating really <laughs> what was the most frustrating part of trying to write a book with 2000 authors I think the the most frustrating part is not the fact that people wrote over each other because there was really some some great things and and people can actually go and read the book what's been written so far 
you know, getting people to write was very hard because you had to convince people to come and not be scared. Not everyone is out there and is willing to put stuff on, you know, share things. So it was very hard. And also in the NFT space, the uh, people want to stay anonymous. They don't want to reveal their identity. And that's understandable. That's why they're in the space. They're here uh, for whatever reasons they are. So uh, writing in the book really got people involved from a creative side. Um, and yeah, that was the most challenging thing. We got we gone through a period where people like, no, the, the token isn't pumping. It's not a pump token. And yeah, we're not a pump token. We are basically growing this organically from day one. And when you visit our spaces now, you can actually see the benefits that had because now every time we have a space, you can see the whole community is there. Everyone's loving life. We're growing. We're doing all sorts of cool stuff. And uh, yeah, it's just been an amazing journey. Apart from getting people to write in the book, we are at least on track with the rest of the stuff. So yeah. You know, it, it all kind of like runs together with you, Hashlips. You know, I, I think that everybody is an artist in their own way. Like it seems like through this conversation, another part of your artistic design is uh, teaching and helping to educate like that's also a form uh, of art and uh, I think that's what you're blending together is actual art uh, mixed with uh, education and and teaching other people absolutely yeah. I couldn't agree more right because not only did you build so many wonderful things right for people to use to help them uh, to create in this space but even by purchasing your nft right you still get the community involved in creating yeah. Right. You give them that opportunity to make it their own. Right. And get ownership uh, over the project. And I mean, you can't really be more community centric than that. Right. And that really is what, at least to me, uh, NFTs are all about. Right. It's really the community. It doesn't matter how great a project is. It doesn't matter what the utility is. Right. right? Without a community, you're nothing. Board Ape Yacht Club would be nothing without their amazing community, right. right? So it all goes back to the end that a community is the lifeblood, the soul of any project. Oh man, you guys should definitely read that book. It's really actually good for, for a bunch of people coming together, writing it. It's fantastic for what it is. Um, as, as you know, as the book stands it, I think it's at chapter three right now. But that being said, can uh, you guys hit this on the head it is about community it's always been about community it always will be about community the day that changes centralized entities have taken over the space and that's not what i want that's not why i'm here i'm here because there's power in people and people together just make it greater and that's why i think it's absolutely uh, you know beautiful what you said ken people do become more educated in the space and if you involve yourself in beautiful communities like yourselves, right, and and hashtags and sketchy sketchy labs, people get more value, you know, not only from a financial point of view, technically, right, they get it from a educational point of view, which no one can take away from you. And I think that's that's real value. Absolutely. Right. If you truly fall in love with the project, you embody, you know, the morals and everything else that come along with it. And to have a project that's built on education, right, and inclusion and all of these other things is is amazing right and at the end of the day i want everyone to remember this as you're listening to this conversation when you invest in an nft project the art everything else is just a facade for the person behind it okay really what you're doing is handing the team right or the founder your money and saying hey make my money uh make money for me or deliver on this roadmap or build this amazing community that you promised i can be a part of so it's very important to look uh at founders of projects right it's, you need to know who your founders are and keep that in mind as you listen to everything that Hashlips is saying today because if you agree with his ideology if you agree with what he's done for the space in the past, now, and is planning to do in the future, then this is a project that you need to be involved in. And I'm sorry to kind of change the direction here, but what can you tell me about the Sketchy Ape Comic Club? Because these things look really, really cool. Oh, I absolutely love the fact that you love them. Um, but just that being said, also, um, I know that, you know, a lot of communities are, are, are obviously very utility driven. We keep it more on the purely art-based side uh, for, for most reasons. And, and the biggest reason is that, you know, I want my, myself as an artist to stand a chance in the NFT space. So we're very art-centric here at Sketchy Labs. 
But uh, I guess the benefits here with the comic apes and the sketchy apes and so on is that you form part of the bigger picture of this art community. A little bit of backstory. Uh, we start off with the sketchy ape book club NFT. That is the NFT that we actually placed out. You know, we had a price on that NFT and that minted out. And then as a gift to the holders, what I've done is I drew the exact same 10,000 um, characters, but in smaller versions um, with superpowers. So this is a whole nother collection of superpower apes. And these, these guys are now there running around in the, the universe, the sketchy verse that we've created. We also have a beautiful backstory so if you want to go to sketchylabs.io, then I can also show you there, there's a whole backstory on, on what Sketchy Labs is. And um, what we are planning on releasing this year is the Maniac Collection, which is a scientific character. And uh, with the scientific character, what you'll be able to do is actually experiment and take your Sketchy Ape Book Club NFT, your Sketchy Ape Comic Club NFT, and the Maniac's DNA, and create a crazy cool superhero because the whole backstory was that these comic apes were the first they lost their powers through evolution then uh, they became normal book club apes and then the maniacs when they evolved they wanted those powers back and that's what we're going to be creating this year and it forms part of the fun story as well right stories are powerful and um, you know i believe that if you are part of something what better way than sharing a, a, a beautiful narrative with the community? I don't know if you've heard this before, Hashlips. I know everyone listening uh, has, so stop rolling your eyes, people, okay? I have to tell the story because Hashlips may not uh, have heard it yet. Uh, but, you know, we had somebody once come into the Those AMAs Discord, right? And, and this, this gentleman sent me a message and told me that he was a person that was very socially anxious, right? Was never very popular uh, all through school, right? Just not good. One of those people that's, just really not good uh, at building relationships, right? One of these folks that always look at their feet and just can't help it. But what he found in the NFT space, in those AMAs and in the other projects uh, that he's involved in is a community that could be a home. It gave him those friendships uh, that he had been looking for his entire life. So I truly believe uh, in my heart, I know a lot of people argue with me, but community is a utility, sometimes the most important utility uh, to certain individuals, right? So building this lore out, right? And building this story and getting them involved with writing this book, right? And continuing it with this next drop is super important, right? Because you're not just putting out random projects here and there, just, hey, mint, you know, mint this, it'll be profitable, I promise, right? No, you're building something that, that people can love and you're building on the thing that they already love and the home that they already have uh, within the Sketchy Labs world. The thing is, with, with our, with our um, collection and our NFT, right? And, and this is now nothing wrong on people's NFTs out there. But I see so many times the, the main thing on a web page is its utility, right? And it's uh, this and we promise that and we're going to build this and we're doing that, right? We're building games and so on. And um, the problem I have with that is I know physically that people burn out. There's no possible way that's going to happen. There's no possible way that that NFT project is going to build a game because they're not developers. And uh, they're going to probably get someone from Fiverr to do it, which anyway is going to fail. So the biggest problem I see that people um, put out there these days is that they have these, these words that they say. In, uh, in our project, we haven't mentioned once that we even have utility, though what we have is we have a 10,000 free drop for our holders that's happened. You know, we have billboards all, all over, you know, the UK when we were minting so we can get the most exposure, of course, to, to sell out. Um, we have my art out being out there that I get to share with the community every Thursday we do a new drop called the uh, 26 artwork golden edition drop and these are hand-drawn artworks that I drop for free for the holders we always educate people um, I am now currently busy building a metaverse with a team of 30 people called Eden Lands the personal metaverse that I'm that I'm doing and uh, you know I'll involve sketchy labs so we never say these things on our websites because the website should be purely about art and this is an art NFT. But yet the 
the kind of utility comes from being a part of the community and experiencing what we are building because we want to build it for fun. And uh, that's where the power comes, right? And this is what you mentioned about community. We won't be here if it wasn't for the community. No one's going to sit on spaces alone and, and talk. And, right. uh, you know, Ken also mentioned about someone coming into the community that was shy and uh, couldn't speak, you know, maybe stage fright and also didn't have any friends on now they found a family. That is absolutely true. You find your group. You find the, you know, the place that you can go anyway and, and uh, well, every day and chat um, anytime and you feel a part of something. And as human beings, you know, we long for togetherness and feeling a part of something. That's just how we build. So NFTs touch on that as well very nicely. And I think it should always be, you know, whatever NFT project people pursue or are part of, um, like Ken mentioned, do your research, who's behind the NFT project, do your research about these things, but, you know, enjoy it also along the way. Don't just be there for the, for the investments. Look at the long-term plan, look at what people are doing, and if you believe in the artist, if you believe in the developer, whatever it might be, believe in that, because it takes years for stuff to grow. Not everything is as fast as board ape. <laughs> you know. I couldn't have said that better myself, yeah. friend. Well said. Absolutely. Now let me ask you, because you got me a little excited here, okay? I'm not gonna lie. So so what's what are the details for this next drop coming up? When can we expect uh for folks to be able to get involved? Yeah, well that's a that's a good question. We've actually postponed if you want to um so uh, how the website on Sketchy Labs work, you can actually take your mouse and drag and move around. Uh, we've actually made an interactive map there, so it looks quite simple. Oh, look at that! But you can you can go and explore and find little bits and pieces. There's also a map in there. The next maniac drop we've actually postponed. We should have minted it uh, uh, two months ago, and I said to you know my team that we should postpone this and wait till we have a beautiful market, healthy market again, because currently what we are in right now, and I don't like saying this, but you know, apart from the bear markets and so on, financially people need to save up because there's a big thing coming where the financial world is a, you know, busy, is stressing. So how else can you say that? I don't like talking about these kind of stuff, but I just want to say that we've pushed it back a little bit just to see how the markets are, just so that we know that when people get into the to our space, they don't like you know, at the bare minimum, invest everything they have because it's so cheap to get Ethereum. And then once it comes up, they miss opportunity. We would rather want people to get it, you know, when it's when it's high and nice so that they don't have to, you know, pay that much Ethereum, which, which could grow. And uh, so for that pure reason, we're keeping it a bit on the side. My main focus is at the moment, uh, the Metaverse Edenlands. And that's also going to be incorporated with the Maniacs as well and with the sketchy ecosystem in some way. So there's also some sneak peeks there. So no one knows when the Maniac's coming out. It's going to come out this year, um, mainly due to, uh, closer to the end of this year. Of course, we're already there, but uh, not immediately. Awesome. So pretty much, if you're interested, keep your ear to the ground in the Discord, right? What do you think, Louis? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm glad that he, uh, you know, mentioned uh, the, you know, the metaverse, because I, I wanted to ask you about that. I didn't know if you wanted to go into it. But, you know, when we came on to, you know, uh, the space a while back, um, you know, when I actually when I first talked to you, um, uh, you know, you mentioned that you that this was going to be another educational uh, a YouTube piece that you were putting out showing people how to actually uh, code out their own metaverse. And I was curious, is that still something that's on the table that is uh, coming? Because I, I really want to watch that video. Well, that's a fantastic uh, question, um, Louis. Actually, if you want to, <laughs> I see, um, you know, Ken is busy finding the puzzle and sketchy labs IO for those listening in right now. He's having a blast. Well, Louis and myself, we busy stressing. <laughs> it's a oh big yeah, website. I'm having a blast over here. No, this is really cool, guys. Definitely go to sketchylabs.io, <laughs> yeah. right? You can actually build uh, one of these NFTs right on there by going around and finding the different layers, right? This is this is a lot of fun, man. I know, it's, it's really fun. I, I want you to check out edenlands.com if you want to. So it, it's e Edenlands without the D. Um, so it's just lands at the end. 
com. And uh, Louis, to your question is, yes, we were, one day we were on a space and people were mocking around saying, hey, hey, we should build a metaverse. And um, yeah, I mean, I took up the challenge and I said, well, let's do it. Let's do build a metaverse. And I made a video requesting developers and artists around the world to join, you know, me building this metaverse open source. And at the end of the day, we, we had 900 people coming back to us, 900 developers, artists, marketing enthusiasts. Um, and it was, it was magnificent to see. So it was sad as well because we only could take in a few people because we all, you know, we can't manage a team of 900 people. So uh, we ended up choosing about 30 people. And these individuals are all doing it for free. As we do it, the hash lives away, open source. We're open sourcing every single thing we do here. And each indi individual person on the team, they spend some time on it during the day. You know, we push our code and we're developing a proper ecosystem that hopefully could set the protocol standard for an open source metaverse that any community can adopt so they can have their own metaverse and they don't have to pay. Oh, that's amazing. Right? Because... That is a huge, I'm sorry, we just yeah. totally stepped all over Hashlips. We just got too excited, yeah. my friend, right? Because when people want to build a metaverse, right, they, they can't usually. I mean, there's some projects out there where people are developers, but normally they need to bring in a third party, which costs the community money, right? This is funding that could go towards the community, right, and bettering their experience of the project and all the benefits they're supposed to be receiving from it. Now, if you're making it so anyone can make their own metaverse that's I, I don't even know that that's amazing my friend if uh you know this can get the adoptions that necessary then you know this the the standard protocol is set in place and we get enough people to slap start building onto it then it 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 starts out decentralized as opposed to a large uh, $500 million company uh, building it and setting the rules in place. And that's all that's available. So people start building onto that. Uh, so this is uh, uh, even bigger than uh, it sounds for everybody listening. Like that's a pretty uh, huge move. Yeah, it, it's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Yeah. It's it's pretty big. Uh, we we didn't think about you know when I I mean I spent most of my time thinking about this metaverse. Now, um, I didn't think about just one comment on Twitter that we're going to build a metaverse. We're actually going to build it like this. Uh, you know, we we have teams working on um, how the metaverse is going to look. There's code refactors being done currently this weekend. I'm sitting implementing the service with one of my old friends as well. Uh, to do live service as well as uh, bridge service, you know, because we're going to be reading from the blockchain. And we want this to be in an open source fashion. Look, we will also have our own Eden Lands. We'll have a land sale as well. You can be a part of the main Eden Lands metaverse. But you can take the code stack as it is. And as promised, just move it somewhere else, host it. And if you use the same spaces, your space will pop up in any of these protocols that you've used. So if you own a space, you can move your place wherever you want to, to whichever metaverse has adopted our, our protocol. And um, that is what's going to be exciting about it. On top of that, we're not making use of any service. So everything is decentral. Uh, we just need to work out how we're going to work with caching mechanisms so it's not a burden on the blockchain. Because as developers, we also need to think about that. Hashlips is uh, so important in this space, everybody. I, I really can't stress that enough. Um, you know, it, it, it goes even, you know, I'm a bigger fan than I even was, you know, being able to talk to him and hear him speak and, and talk about this. It's a, it's a huge move. One question though, I do want to ask is, um, you know, since you, you are a developer in this space and, and man, I'm rooting for this, uh, um, you know, I hope that the standard protocol gets set by, uh, by you and, and your team. But the, the question I have, I like to ask uh, developers is, you know, uh, about interoperability. And, you know, they throw this around a lot, you know, and, but there's obviously some uh, part of this technology that just hasn't been cracked yet. And so you're like, what is that 
what is everybody stuck on? What is, because everyone's working on the same thing. And in, in your opinion, how far out are we from actual interoperability between metaverses and everything like that? Like, in, in, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's an interesting question, Louis. So when you look at interoperability, it's basically being able to move your assets from one chain to over to the to another chain, right? Within the same chain, it's quite doable right now because it's in the same ecosystem. Uh, what most people are striving for now is, you know, trying to do these multi-interoperable NFTs, multi-chain NFTs, so to speak. But in, in, in reality, they're just burning something here or, you know, when, when it's moved over because there needs to be this track, you know, on different blockchains of what's happening. And that even in itself is extremely difficult. The problem here is that everyone's building their own protocols and, you know, we're doing our own protocol. But, um, you know, it only goes on for a certain period of time until there's one that wins. And that one that wins, people will start adopting. It's like JavaScript winning and people starting to decide JavaScript's the, the way that we're going to interact in browsers or for instance, the ERC-721 standard that's, that, you know, that's suggested and implemented, and now there's a newer standard with an A. Uh, I think there's going to be this major shift, and it, it needs to happen, right? I don't know if it needs to happen immediately to, to save this space, because I don't think this space is in any danger at all regarding interoperability. But it would be nice to start seeing developers adopting a standard and saying, this is the one we go for. Unfortunately, that will take long. Because, as you know, a lot of developers think that they are correct and uh, it's their way <laughs> or the highway. In my case, uh, with Eden Nans or whatever we do, if I honestly see that there's something better that we are doing busy right now, you know, busy right now, we will adopt that because there's no point in going and fighting against the stream. That's what it's all about. So people need to put aside things like... Um, you know, pride and all these stuff and just go for what works and what is actually the right thing to do in this space um, to progress. You know, like I said before, we all want to progress, but I think it's going to be a while before we see a total interoperable thing. It's very easy to do uh, on a front-end basis and for, for listeners listening in, that means that the back-end can be messy and there could be things on Binance, Ethereum, and Polygon but from a front-end point of view, you see this asset just moving, right? Uh, all around where you want it to. Um, but that doesn't mean it's truly interoperable. It just means it presents itself as that. And that's not truly inter interoperable in my mind. So we, right. we're we going to try and see when that will happen. Louis. But we I, I honestly don't know. It might be a few years um, because there's a lot of flaws still that people are working on. But we are getting closer every single day. Is it needed? I don't know if it's so needed across chains because I think there will be a day where most people will be on one chain um, using other other facets around it. And this is almost like almost an image or a microcosm of the dot-com boom, right? We're trying to see what's going to work. Everyone has their own ideas, right? Who's going to be the Netscape of, of Web3? Uh, but, you know, I think we will get there. Absolutely. And especially with with hash lips on the case. Right. Uh, I think we'll crack it uh, sooner than normal. But uh, it is important. Right. Because the whole goal behind Web3 is decentralization. Right. So to have these metaverses built on a decentralized platform where anyone can go in and, and build something themselves. Right. And move things around. This is I mean, it's, it's definitely a step in the right direction. It may not be full you know, interoperability yet. It may not be the metaverse to end all metaverses yet, uh, but it can be. We can we can make it even more fun. What we could do is because the builder is almost done, the demo builder for building houses and stuff. And what we actually want to do with the sketchy community is open it up. So maybe we can also look in a few few individuals in your community, select someone who can win a chance to come and play around and, and explore and build some some metaverse stuff with us. That would be amazing. And look at that. I won. Well, I'm the winner. Let's go. I want to go check this out. No, I'm kidding. No, that's awesome. Thank you so much. So, you know, um, you know, talking about all of this, you know, and talking about community and, you know, um, the complete decentralization of, you know, the metaverse, which it, it is going to come. How do we uh, get there? 
the fastest, you know, coming from you, you know, I, I see how you think and do this. How can you, um, you know, express how everybody else can get involved in this movement? I know there's a lot of competitive nature that is built into everybody, just as you, you spoke about, you know, uh, everybody wants theirs to be the best, you know, but uh, there are a large group of people that are able to uh, uh, set that aside to join forces and move together. So how can we help? How can those AMAs help and WinMint help push uh, this idea and further it uh, to as far as we can take it, you know? Yeah, that's the that's the golden question, uh, I guess. Um, and and on, honestly, I think what's simple uh, to answer because... I think it's about communication. It's about spreading the word. It's about having these AMAs, talking about you know these technologies in AMAs that people don't know about, but also encouraging people to take part because most people are scared. And you know the the biggest thing I see that that um, that happens is developers or artists or you know marketing individuals they scared to enter some kind of project because they scared they won't do well. And this is a concept that a lot of people also, unfortunately, in the world, uh, you know, holds them back sometimes. Think of it if you want to go for a job interview, you know, and the, the job description is a bit too much for you to take on. And sometimes a lot of people would sit back and think, you know, I might not apply because this is too... Don't forget about it. Apply, right? Help out. If there's a project right now, go for it. You never know what might happen. You might get that job. You might get into this project. You might be the person which commit we enter into the open source nature of this metaverse who knows but you'll never know if you try and when i when i think uh to myself all, always you know i'm too scared to uh, to <laughs> to contribute to this because what will people think about i don't know my code standard or this and that i just think about the bigger picture of the world and how tiny we are in this world and then i'm like man if something blows up what can go wrong nothing really you know we so we're so sometimes so caught up with our own um, stresses in our lives and, and, and puts a lot of pressure on ourselves that we don't get involved. So I think the, the biggest thing we could do, Louis, is to encourage people, talk about these projects, but talk about involvement of these projects. You know, there we were. We asked a few individuals to join Building a Metaverse, and here we are. And we are doing great. We almost have an MVP out of a Metaverse purely built by people saying yes. That is amazing. And saying yes sometimes, like you said, can be a scary thing, right? You're, you're taking a leap sometimes, uh, like when you first got into this space, right? I know when I first quit my regular uh, nine to five and, and started doing this full time, right? It's It can be a scary thing, but uh, there can be benefits, right? Like if you hadn't done uh, what you did, uh, I'm just looking, I'm sorry, I just came upon the Thank You Hashlips channel in uh your discord here and right from saying yes right from getting out there and just saying no matter what i'm just going to do this and i'm going to do what i can to try to better the space just a little bit right that was probably your thought in the beginning it was just going to be a little bit maybe a couple people will get something out of this you have threads and threads and threads galore of people thanking you i mean just to read a couple like here thank you this is from empathetic alchemy thank you Hashlips team i've released two generative collections with your help over the last few months the most recent is making some sales and is making us both a bit of eth much appreciated right and then GateForce, the resources you have provided for assembling art, preparing the contract, and the minting dApp have been invaluable. My project is ready for launch. I could not have done it without you, right? How does that feel getting to read some of these things to see that that day when you did say yes, right, that you were going to go out and do this, uh, getting to look at how much of a change that it's made in the space for the better. I mean, what's that like? That's got to be amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, Ken. So, yes, the thank you. Thank you, Hashlips uh, channel. It was not my idea. Uh, this was the moderators because it was uh, it was quite irritating for them <laughs> to throughout the general chats every time you get someone tagging me and then after a while, they, you know, I have to go in there. <clears throat> it was a mess. So, those things just truly show the value that people actually got from the videos, which is absolutely fantastic. And honestly, you know, people asked me before, you know, why don't you um, monetize these things by selling it, package it up and sell it as a package, you know. I could do that, but the thing is, for me, it's way more worth it to go and be in a space and 
you know, thrive with people and, and hook up with developers and say, hey, let's dev this thing together or or so on. Let's teach people about this. You know, let's, let's, let's open up this contract to the world. And that to me is more of a, I believe in it personally, as something I would like to leave behind in my, you know, in my lifetime instead of saying that I've sold um, so many educational packages, which is nothing wrong with it, right? But that's just the avenue I want to take. And um, I will make fun somewhere else. I'll sell artworks <laughs> to survive while I do education. Just so everyone knows, right? We are getting uh, on in the interview here. So we are going to have to wrap it up soon with some final questions. But uh, as we were getting prepared, right, Hashlips had a pizza delivered. And we started talking about whether or not as a content creator, right, we can get paid uh, by eating. Apparently, there's people out there that pay money to watch videos uh, of people eating things like anything, right? Well, I so think that we should all three get together and uh, we could start eating pizza and let's, you know, let's see if anybody joins to watch us. You know, we'll make it uh, uh, free to watch, you know, come on in. <laughs> and if you want to watch <laughs> well, you can't uh, make Louis it free to watch. the Machinist and Hashlips eat pepperoni pizza, oh, uh, man. here's the time. <laughs> and this is why I'm trying to get that Twitter uh, media account, right? So we can live stream us eating pizzas uh, on Twitter and, and just get crazy tips. Actually, Hashlip, what, what was it called again where people uh, watch other I've people no, eat? I've what are no those idea. videos called? I, I, I know that the SMR or something like that is where you listen to that to comfort you. But, but it's, I don't know, it's some Japanese or Chinese name. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not versed in what it is. But I do know that that exists. And what a wonderful job. You get paid to eat. I would love that. I must try. I must try one video on how right? to eat a pizza. It has to be educational, at least. So, I'll have to be like, "How to eat a pizza?" Oh, Mut it's called mukbang. But yeah. <laughs> do you start crust first, right? Do you start at the at the end? Do you there's fold so it up? Ways. I mean, there's so many different ways. And which one would net you the most income? There's actually a ton. If you search mukbang, uh, apparently it's pretty. Uh, this is this is a pretty popular thing. I think we're in the wrong field here, guys. Maybe we should just, you know, we said all this great stuff, but we might just have to leave this behind and become mukbang artists. What do you think? We'd be like the trifecta. We would take over the entire mukbang scene. Mukbang scene. I can't even say that word right. Yeah, I'm in. What do you think, guys? I'm with it. Well, you know me. I'm I'm with it too. I like uh to put my feelers into as many areas as possible here, you know, let's, let's spin one up and see what happens. Uh, as long as, you know, as long as we don't well. pay for with oh, Ethereum for that pizza, you know, I heard this interview from a guy who paid like a hundred bitcoins for, for one pizza, you know, it was crazy when I heard that interview. Yep. I remember that. That's got to ruin the rest of your life. Wow. That's something you can never never live down you're talking about right you got to say yes right you got to get out there and do things and take uh that chance because the one yes. thing you don't want to say is what if right and apparently now this guy has to say what if i didn't buy that stupid pizza right i'd be a freaking trillionaire but oh well what are you gonna do everything right? everything happens for a reason well this is good you know guys we found right we, we spoke about uh, everything Hashlips is about, right? That this is much more uh, than just a name, right? And it's much more than just open source code, okay? Yes, uh, the art engine is out there. Yes, there are a ton of other things out there as well. And remember, everyone, all the official links for all things Hashlips will be in the show notes. And you can learn a lot from this, but there's also an NFT project, right? And there's also a metaverse, right? And there's also Mukbang. And I am proud to say that I get to be the first content creator to say that Hashlips is going to enter the world of Mukbang uh, in Web3. We have to make a Mukbang NFT. I, I, I think that's the way to go. So this has been a lot of fun, man. Man, Ken, Louis, this was extremely fun. <laughs> and I'll definitely try the Mukbang. I think that is... Uh, that is a challenge, you know, for video. I'm always open to do all sorts of cool stuff on YouTube. Uh, but truly, it was really amazing sitting and chatting with you guys today. I hope that um, I hope that we come together and do the mukbang. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> man. There is no stopping this mukbang uh, now that it is in our minds. I can already see Louis Louis wheels turn. And now I would like to ask you, my friend, right? We do have a final question that we ask in every single episode, right? So I'd love uh, to ask you as well, 
right? Normally we ask one about, right, what if your project uh, doesn't sell out, right, with the market and everything else? How do you plan to pivot and continue to move forward and do the best for your community? But we don't have to ask you that because you don't have anything minting uh, right now, just for all of our listeners, you know, tuning in so they know why we're, we're skipping that question. But the important one here, if somebody listened to this entire interview, right, and let's say they had no idea what Hashlip's was or if it was even a person right but now uh they know and they're down in the official links right they're checking out all of the amazing stuff you have out there right there's so much educational material they're checking out your nft project they're checking out the metaverse right but they need to hear that one more right thing to push them in the back and over the ledge into the Hashlips family what would you tell them so what i recommend people do is um you know think about where you want to be in five years ten years from now Obviously, Web3 is an emerging space and emerging technologies being here, right? And uh, I can tell you right now, there's very little uh, developers in this space. And actually, if you want an opportunity to elevate yourself in education, maybe you want to learn how to do smart contracts, NFTs, get versed to be a consultant in the space in a few years' time, start learning videos. Uh, going through videos which, uh, you know, teaches you how to operate in the NFT space and in the blockchain space as a whole. So if that isn't, you know, sold you enough, then, you know, I don't know. There's, uh, <laughs> it's fun. The videos are fun. And I promise you, one thing I have to say is that you do not have to be a coder to be able to run the code I write because I explain it so that uh, anyone can write and, and um, execute the code. And you will you will come right. All it needs, all it takes, is start watching the videos. Absolutely, and, and it really is important, right, for everyone out there to to get in here, even if you think you're you're you know you know everything there is to know about the Web three space, right? None of us do, right? I'm sure even Hashlips would admit that we can always learn, right? There's always something to learn, something new every single day, and being as educated as possible concerning this space that we all spend so much time in, right? And invest so much of our hard, hard-earned money in just to understand it, even if you're not going to launch your NFT project, right? Is super, super important. So yes, absolutely. Uh, wonderful, wonderful answer, my friend. What do you think, Lou? You have any any final comments uh, for the day before we, we cut Hashlips loose to go mukbang his, his pizza? You know, no, I, I've got all my questions in, you know, um, I, I am just uh, uh, super humbled to to be here with uh, Hashlips, uh, you know, being able to talk with him and learn uh, more about the past and, and, you know, what brought him in here. It's uh, it, it just uh, was a lot of fun. And I look forward to the future. Uh, you know, I, I think it's bright uh, on many levels and, um, you know, as many uh, partnerships and bridges we can build with other founders and creators uh, working towards the same goal is important. And, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, this is just another uh, uh, beginning of another friendship uh, that we've made uh, here with those AMAs and Winman and Hashlips himself. It's a lot of fun, and and I'm I'm just super glad that uh, we got to do this interview and, and speak with him. And and I'm really rooting for uh, you know Edenlands to be the hub, the 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 central point of where the metaverse started. It's decentralized growth. You know I, that is uh, I need to sit down and think more about that, you know, because that is a, such a huge move on, on so many levels. And But Hashlips, it was uh, great to meet you, man. And uh, uh, I look forward to the next time uh, we can have another uh, talk like this. Louis, the honor is all mine. It was, it was amazing talking to you and uh, to you, Ken, as well. Um, the AKA, the machinist, it's really been awesome. And thank you so much for this opportunity. Of course. And thank you so much, right, for introducing us to Mukbang. No, I'm, I'm sorry. This really <laughs> was uh, a ton of fun, my friend. <laughs> thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. I cannot wait uh, to see everything that you have coming up in the future. And Louie and I uh, will see you in the Discord. Thank you so much, Ken. I really, really appreciate it. Till next time. A huge thank you once again to Hashlips for taking the time to come on the show. All of the official links for all things Hashlips can be found in the show notes. And remember, every investment, no matter how big or small, 
has to be right for you, right? So always, please, do your own research. Now, for the giveaway stuff. So, the winner of the Muesli Swap Hungry Cow NFT from last Friday's episode has already been posted in the winner circle on WenMint.app and WenMintPodcast.com. So, if you go to either of those platforms and your smiling PFP is staring you in the face, well, you just won something. All you gotta do is shoot us a DM through our Twitter profile. Our Twitter handle is at WenMintWorld within 24 hours of being announced a winner and we'll get you paid. Congratulations. But hold up, if you didn't win, that's okay too, right? Because we do this every single episode and we always have giveaways in our Twitter spaces as well every Tuesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. UTC. So for today's every episode NFT giveaway, we're actually going to give away an Ada Monsters NFT. Andre, the founder over there, and I had a conversation earlier today. Great guy, awesome project. They will be on the show very, very soon. But anyway, so to enter to win this Ada Monsters NFT, it's super easy, right? All you have to do is be following us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle again is at WhenMintWorld. Have a free account on WhenMint.app. And then in the original post announcing the release of this episode on Twitter, simply like, retweet, tag five friends. That's it. And you're in the running. The winner will be announced on Wednesday upon the release of Wednesday's episode good luck. And with that, I think that's it for me. I'm your host, The Machinist. Thank you all for taking the time to hang out, and I'll see you on Wednesday with another giveaway, another project, another interview, and another episode of One Mint by Those AMAs.